Welcome to Raw and Remedy. I am Leandra. I wanted to start a platform where I can share my story as I choose to become more vulnerable with the world and with myself. In return, I'm hoping I can be someone's unspoken voice, unsaid emotions, breath of fresh air, and that one person who's not afraid to say it. To just say all of it. So let's get raw and let's start healing. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Raw and Remedy. This segment is going to be very hard for me. I don't want to be fake as I do this, so. What my fatherless father means to me. I can't really put it into one sentence. It's a very in-depth way of feeling, and it never really goes away. Growing up, I remember my dad being my superhero. He was my forever dad. My dad spoiled me rotten. I I was the queen. I have a mom, but I think I had more power than she did. That's how much I was spoiled. Now I know what it's like to feel spoiled. And I do a great job at spoiling myself. Being spoiled gave me room to be myself at times. It gave me room to just be a child. But I wasn't a child forever. Once I started growing up, I realized, oh, wow, I cannot really talk to my dad. If I'm not having fun like I would as a child, it can get really difficult talking to him. He's not the greatest at tough conversations. He cannot read me emotionally. I started losing that feeling of being spoiled with my dad. I realized, okay, why isn't he spoiling me now when I'm 9, 10, and 11? What changed? The upbringing a lot of us get, we don't know when things are not normal. When something's toxic in front of us, if the grown-ups deem it okay, we deem it okay. We're going off of what our coaches are teaching us. And my dad, my superhero, my forever dad, he created a rabbit hole. I didn't even know I was going down or going through until I got out maybe age 15 through 17. And now that I'm older, I understand. Parents didn't really have that openness like we have now to address things that hurt openly, to acknowledge the power of healing. My dad suffered. He suffered so much. And as much as a superhero he was to me, he emotionally started ghosting me. So our connection began to fade, and I could see that he wasn't happy. I don't think happiness ran throughout the household I was growing up in as I got older. The only example of marriage I knew were from my parents. So when they split up, my dad and everything I thought 
he was vanished. And it felt like I lost my dad within seconds, even though it took more than seconds for my dad to disappear. It's like he could be in the house, but it, it something was gone. He was gone. He was there and he was gone. So after they split, I stayed with my dad and it was a surface energy with my dad. Tough conversations just weren't in the cards. It's like, I know this is my dad, but I, I couldn't be myself. I'm like, who is this man? Why don't I feel emotionally safe? It's almost as if I'm waving at him and he just didn't see me. You know, I'm like, dad, I need you. I need you to spoil me like you did when I was a child. I need to talk to you. Please have this tough conversation with me. And my dad checked out. He emotionally left me. Then he mentally left me. He was just a shell. And when him and my mom split up, I stayed with my dad thinking this is going to get better. He's not just going to be this shell of a person. Maybe we can rekindle the relationship we had when I was a kid. My forever dad was not forever. And there was so much trauma from childhood to high school. I became so funny. I became this comedian. I was just so good at telling jokes and telling jokes was the best way to deal with my trauma to deal with losing my dad even though he's in the house so it got to the point where we were no longer living with my dad and we weren't living with my mom document wise my dad was taking care of us but in reality, he wasn't at the house. We didn't have food. So it got to the point where school lunch was my only meal. And after a while, that spark in me, that openness, that gets suppressed, I finally said something to my brother. I wrote a poem because that's how I learned to express myself growing up. And I would enter these poetry contests where 50 to 100 people would listen to me. And it felt great because I could express myself without this brick wall just blocking my, my energy, my power and my beauty. I could just put it in a poem and I became so good at poetry because there was so much of me built up that I couldn't express. So at the time I was like, okay, this poetry thing is working. My dad doesn't really listen. My mom is in so much pain. I don't think she has the space to listen. No one was listening to each other. We were all suffering. My dad left. He physically left. And him spoiling me left with him. And I lived with my mom. And then my dad, he found another way to leave. He left the country for good. He went to Africa. And the day he got to the airport, I wasn't there to hug him goodbye. And once we got off the phone... I started crying. I thought, wow, I'm, I'm literally losing my dad because he already emotionally left me. He mentally left me, and now he's in Africa. 
And I'm like, what do I need to do to get my dad? I'm going to work hard. I'm going to graduate college. I'm going to be so powerful. So when he does see me, when he finally sees me, he sees this powerful black woman that I've created after he left. And not only that, this powerful black woman that can forgive him. Because maybe he needs me now. So I worked hard. I majored in chemistry. I got my degree. I called my dad and said, hey, I'm having a graduation ceremony at my college. I really want you to be there. They set it up with five tickets so I could only bring five guests. He says, okay, I'm coming. I'll be there. It's been about five years at the time, six, somewhere in there. I thought, okay, great. I get to see my dad. I'm so excited. He gets to see me walk on stage and get my degree. And this is, this is it. I get to get my dad. So I'm saving a ticket for him. Two days before my ceremony, he says he's not coming. I'm thinking, okay, he's going to reschedule. Because this is a big deal. I'm graduating college with a chemistry degree. Like, Don't you want to see me now? So I got to my ceremony. I was excited. But deep down, I was broken. that My dad was not there. So I said, okay, if he's not coming to see me, I'm going to see him. So about two years later, I take my mom and I to Africa. I'm like, I'm going to go see my dad. It's been almost nine years. I haven't seen my dad. I'm, I'm going to go see him. I'm getting my dad back. I get to Africa. He doesn't want to see me. I think... That same feeling as a child when I would know something is wrong, but I don't know what to say or how to process it. It happened again when I could pick up my dad didn't want to see me while I was in Africa. His stories where he was a two day drive away or he wasn't in the city or something happened. And I'm just bottled up. I'm bottled up. Part of me is like, Dad, it's okay. I'm I'm going to make it work some way, somehow. And I finally found my dad the day I was leaving to the airport. And when I found him, I realized that feeling of something is wrong just came busting down the door so hard and so fast I didn't even know how to process all this trauma that I've had since my dad checked out on me but one thing was very clear this was years of my dad saying he didn't want a relationship with me and I just packed it down I'm like that's no way no way that can be true this is my dad he taught me what it means to be spoiled. There's no way he wouldn't want a relationship with me. And once I saw him in Africa, whatever concrete I tried to create with packing down that trauma just 
shattered. So in 2019, I said goodbye to him, even though he said goodbye to me years before that. I didn't know how to be angry with him because I was still holding on to that possible relationship. And that holding on can last a lifetime and never actually become the relationship we want with our parents. And I held on to that possible relationship with him to block out that my dad did not want a relationship with me. So when I left Africa, I said, I'm never coming back here. I felt like the six-year-old me standing where my father stood at home, where I could smell his cologne, see his clothes, and he just never came home. Not because something happened to him or because he got lost. Because he chose to leave. I felt like a little girl who just watched her dad walk away. I'm happy he spoiled me, but at the same time, it's so painful. Because him spoiling me and then walking away did so much damage. I know through being spoiled what I deserve as a queen, and I, I spoil myself immensely. I learned that from him. And I also learned what betrayal is through my dad. And this year, 2020, about four weeks after my birthday, he dies. And all that trauma I tightly packed away. This time there was no debate with it. It came kicking down that door I had locked. And it came loud, obnoxious, angry, annoying, hateful, just pissed off. I was so angry with my dad because I worked so hard for his validation. I never got it. He really did a number on me, and it takes so much strength to be graceful about my fatherless father. I feel like there's so many of us who wanted our fathers to try. Even if he failed, at least he tried. At least he came to my graduation. At least he saw me. I worked my ass off without him. And there wasn't an ounce of him that said, the least I can do is reciprocate. Just reciprocate you. The least I can do is reciprocate you in some way. So I get back to America. I try to... I try to be patient with myself and process what just happened. And... Dating was a whole mess. I was so angry with the black man because the first black man I ever knew checked out on me. 
You know, the first black man that's supposed to love me just left. And as educated as I am, I know not to process my trauma into my present when it comes to other people. But there's an emotional side of implying that knowledge that takes so much work. It's so heavy. And I had to teach myself how to do that. So I was upset with my dad. Thought, wow, he left all this baggage for me to unpack. And I've been unpacking it. It feels like my whole life. So to fly to Africa and for him to not reciprocate any of my power that I learned without him. What my fatherless father means is to know what it's like having your hero quit on you forever. Healing with this is, it feels like an everyday process. Sometimes I know I don't want to acknowledge what I'm dealing with because then I have to do the work. But we do such a good job at pretending that it becomes our reality because that's how we handle trauma. We just automatically create our truth to where we don't even think on how to process and we don't know what to do until it packs up so massively because no one's helped you no one's coached you we have to give it to ourselves and it doesn't look pretty and I'm thankful that I have these great beautiful people in my life to let me know that I don't have to be strong all the time I can let things process and it's okay however that process looks as long as I'm not hurting myself or anyone else. With going to school for chemistry, I'm so used to finding a solution. Just give me the time, give me the tools. I'll, I'll build whatever I can. I'll figure it out. Just give me that space and I'll do it. However, with this, there's no tool. There's no solution. It feels like there's no end to it. Because there's so much trauma I've packed away. I don't even know how much is there until a random situation comes up. I see a daughter hooping with her dad. I'm like, young queen, you don't know how lucky you are. The title of my podcast, Raw and Remedy, is my reminder that they go hand in hand. I cannot be raw without seeking some type of healing. And as much as I'm graceful, as much as I know I can let things process however they, they desire, or however they come about, I don't want to sit and just not doing anything when it comes to unpacking my trauma. If you have a fatherless father, if you know a fatherless father, you're not alone. So the remedy part of it all for me 
is to understand that there are some things that are supposed to be painful, especially when there's so much love stemming from the base of it all. As much as we all want something to end, accepting that, you know what? The ending may not be what we deem as the end. It's just going to look different. There's no turning the page and then it's blank. I think of love and I think everything relating to that is supposed to be painless. However, it's not like that. So because I love my dad, Him being a fatherless father to me will always be painful. It's just up to me how I choose to channel that pain and what I choose to do with that pain. And that's my remedy. Knowing that I have this much pain lets me know how much love I have for my dad. And that lets me know how loving I really am. How powerful I choose to be. It's crazy, but sometimes we create the best versions of ourselves when we are dealing with the biggest pains that we don't even know existed. I'm still creating every day. I hope you still create no matter where you are. This is Raw and Remedy. We're here to get raw and we're here to heal wherever we can. It's not one day or two days a week. It is a lifestyle. I appreciate everyone who's listened to this podcast. Thank you for tuning into Raw and Remedy. I am Leandra Green. Till next time.